Ferrari in the Garage. I'm Corey Cope. I'm Freddie Wall. Hey, we got number two. Number three. I'll get it right. Two. Sorry, I'll get two. Fuck me, dude. It's been a long week. I was thinking at this point we would have had number three in the in the cam, but schedules. Oh, well, I, I have watched. I am ahead of the game because I have watched number three. Good, because we can record that next, like like in two days. <laughs> yeah. We point to this movie quite a bit, as much as we point to Ghost, ghost Story, and we're going to point to Ghost Story a lot Yep. in reference to this movie because it has a lot of similarities and also not it just does. the proximity of release, but yeah. So we have 1980s Changeling from Peter Medic. The Changeling. George C. Scott, at the, you got the classic poster, right, with the, with the wheelchair and the shadow has the kid in the wheelchair. I mean, it invokes fear in me from like childhood trauma from seeing it because it's a scary fucking movie when you're 10 years old dude it is terrifying when you're fucking 10 years old and there's a really good reason why it's terrifying when you're 10 years old which we'll get to (laughs) the poster like the words on the poster the way like how did you die joseph did you die in this house joseph why do you remain? I mean, dude, that is straight out of the seance. That, that whole seance bit is fucking creepy. Dude, it's almost dude, as creepy as the, as the, as the moment we're going to talk about, which, which totally scarred me when I was a kid. We're going to dive right into this because, again, like you said, there, there's a reason why this invokes immediate fear in 10-year-old self when you've seen it back then. Is because there's a child straight up fucking murdered in a bathtub yes. by his father at the beginning of the movie. This movie just goes for the jugular right off the bat. It is Dude. just fucking. I rough. mean, this movie doesn't waste any time fucking you up if you're a kid, right? Like the yeah. very the first scene, you see the happy family pushing their station wagon, their family truckster <laughs> in the snow, right? George C. Scott's making jokes. <laughs> It's only about a million more miles, you guys. And uh, there's a, you know, he's, there just happens to be a phone booth alongside the road, which I thought was weird. Like that, that style of phone booth just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. But anyway, it's Canada. So I guess maybe they have that because they're very nice and they want to make sure you can make a phone call and be warm. But like his family's immediately killed by a dude. Yeah. That dude, th- that moment with that truck, I swear to God, dude, I feel like they stole that for Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Right? Like the, just the sound design, everything. <laughs> the edits, all of that stuff. Yes. It, just the cutting back and forth while he's in the, in the phone booth, the way they cut back to the car that's got all the ski rig on top and then it's like losing control and like going slow-mo and it's just, ugh. Yeah. Dude, and then when he hit, like the, when he hits the station wagon and then, then it jumps back into real time. <laughs> She yes. just fucking crushes, crushes them. And it, as it rolls into that sign, holy right. shit. Right. Yeah. Like I, I think I texted you. Holy fuck, dude, this, this opening is so intense. Yeah. It's fucked up. But that, but that isn't the scariest thing. That, that's not the worst thing you're going to see in this movie, which is no. remarkable for 1980. <laughs> it, yeah. <laughs> but when you get George C. Scott's character and like picking up his life afterwards, and I like, I like how we don't. We're not like seeing funerals. Right. We, obviously, we know there's nope. no fucking way they live. They don't bother. They don't waste any time. Nope. You, next time you see Jersey Scott, he's he's clearly moving on. He's sold his house. He's living in a hotel room. Yeah, he's like it's the setup is perfect because they don't waste. And that's one thing we talked about a lot of movies that that we've been covering lately. There's an efficiency, and the efficiency is like the. I don't, if you don't need to see it, don't put it in there. 
No, no, totally. This movie does that very well. There's not a lot of extraneous bullshit, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And the things that they do in this movie, like we, we were talking, let's get this out of the way first. The movie's dated, very dated. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Not in the way Ghost Story is dated. No. But it's also very Canadian and I don't mean that as I'm not like sliding to Canadians, but it, this was also the very, I think this was the first big Canadian horror film. As far as like, as far as like runway, runway production kind of situation. Correct. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it was successful on, on a global, you know, I mean, in all markets, this was like, this was Canada putting the stamp like, Hey, we can make movies too. This was the first big Canadian movie, but it, it really does feel Canadian. Like from that time period, not a knock, but just an observation. But what this movie lacks in the fact that it's so dated, some of the editing, it's part of it I blame is also maybe some of the performances. Um, they just seem mm-hmm. a little, you know, they seem a little 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Not, and, you know, you know what I'm saying? No. And you would have felt that in 1980. Correct. If we were, if we were our age in 1980, we probably feel the same way now. Cause if doesn't, it doesn't feel like even a movie that was done in the seventies, it doesn't no. feel, it, it feels like a, a, like a slice of time as far as the performances. And I don't know, it has to have been intentional. Medic must've asked them to give that kind of yeah. performance because they all do it. Well, I feel like, you know, they were trying to throw back to, you know, they, they were making a ghost story, which is right. why we're covering the movie. And it, it is a good ghost story. Like I, when I texted you, do you know who Hans Holzer is? <laughs> right. <laughs> because it really like, dude, the seance scene is an, is, is another thing that this, they do so well in this movie. It's right. really unnerving it when is. the woman is fucking there asking her question and she's scribbling on the pad. I mean, that, 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 <sighs> that to me, as much as the kid getting tossed in the bathtub is yeah. just as memorable. I had forgotten about it until it happens. And I'm like, Oh shit. And then right away before it happens, I'm already remembering what happens next when George C. Scott is by himself and he rolls back the tape. Yeah. It, then, then I was just, I'm dude, seriously, I, we talk about 10 years for stir of echoes for me. It's been a long time for this. I, I'm kind of embarrassed because I'm always touting this movie. I'm touting it. Let, I'm going to be touting it a lot less now. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be putting caveats to people when I recommend it. But the seance scene without a doubt is probably as memorable, if not more memorable than. Oh yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. Dude, the way it's filmed, the way you're watching it, it really, literally, if there was anything in the Conjuring movies that was as scary as that, I'd fucking be on board with them, but there's not. Right. There's nothing in those Conjuring movies that's as good as that moment in the Changeling when they're doing the seance. There's nothing that good. I don't know when it happened. There was some kind of softening of this kind of thing. And one of the things I said to you before we got on mic is... I love that there's no resolute to this kind of movie. These these days, you make a ghost movie, we have to do X, Y, and Z, and then the body be at rest. I'm like, no, like with Ghost Story, like with right. Changeling. They're like, fuck that, man. <laughs> I, yep. I am this violent ghost. I don't give a fuck who you are. I don't need to have my vengeance on that person. I'm going to fuck over everybody because, well, because that's something you used to see a lot in much older movies and even short in, in, in novels. So this is kind of an author's thing totally. where the ghost has been a ghost for so long and it's reasoning behind why it's so angry is gone. It's just angry at everything. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't, you know, I, I kind of applaud this movie and ghost story for there was no easy resolution. There is no resolution. It, no. It's the ghost exacts its revenge. Right. 
And, and, you know, when it all goes to hell at the end of this movie, that's because it, it goes off the rails, dude. Like, right. <laughs> like, you know, some of the effects and everything aside, I was, there were moments I was confused. I was like, what the fuck is Melvin Douglas doing in the house? But he's not really in the house. And only Scott is seeing all this shit. Right. Um, you so know, it, it just gets fucking crazy. And then you're like, cause you don't really know. And you, you're feeling, I mean, I was like, fuck man, did I fall asleep? Am I in a dream? <laughs> what the right? fuck is going on? You know, outside of George C. Scott and Melvin Douglas, let's just talk about the cast for a second because right. Trish Vandiver is great. Yes. And her and Scott made several movies together. They were married, I believe, at one time. Yeah, they they were they were they had only been married for like about five or six years at this point. They got married in seventy right. seventy two, I think. And they were and they were married until she passed away in ninety nine. I think that they got married. Uh, they, there was this movie called The Last Ride, which I think is where they met or when they became romantically involved right. early in the early like seventy one or seventy two. But yeah, they were married during this, and you and they have such a great natural. It's funny. I love the way that there's there's chemistry between them, but they don't act on it in the movie because they don't have time because they don't need to. Right. It's not about that. It's about nope. the fucking ghosts, man. Right. You got her. You got Melvin Douglas. You have Gene Marsh, who's fantastic. John Calicos uh, or Calicus as the as Captain Dewitt, who yeah. uh, and you know and what are what are they covering up? And you got Barry Morse as the uh, as the parapsychologist who's leading the séance, dude. And him right. and that woman, holy shit! That's what I love too about that séance scene. Isn't right away, but actually, you know, both Claire and John Russell, George Scott's character, they both have this. I don't know. They're like fifty one forty nine, and this is bullshit. You know, they're they're like I don't know what, but they're they're not believers, right? Even after everybody leaves, Dorsey Scott's not convinced until he plays that tape. I do. That's like one of my favorite fucking moments of the movie is the him playing back the reel to reel, which and it's so perfect because he's got that reel to reel because he records all of his music because he's a composer. He's composer now right? being relegated to to doing uh, to to being a teacher at, at a school after his wife and daughter have been killed. How funny is it that you were just talking about reel to reels like last week? Right. And then we watched where it comes into play so prominent in the is movie. It, right. As soon as I see it, I'm like going, oh, it's a T-Hack. <laughs> that was yeah. my response right away what model it was. I'm like, T-Hack, <laughs> awesome. So, and then, and again, this is a movie that my dad scared the fuck out of me with. Yes. He would bang on the bathtub and shit <laughs> when I was in the shower next door. Yeah. Like when it was full of water to hear that sound, I'm like going, fucking, my dad, my dad fucked with me so much when I was a kid. It was all good natured, but it was just like, as soon as I hear that sound in the movie, I'm like, oh, geez, dude. And I texted my mom and I said, so I'm watching the change league and I kind of, she remembered it. It was kind of funny. Yeah. The, that scene, the, the post seance scene, or just an extension of that when he's playing back the tape, it's just, if we were unconvinced that what was going on there was real. Right. We, we, we were right there. With, we were immediately right there with George C. Scott. I'm like, well, shit. And wonderful sound design on that, by the way, too. No, and 100%, dude. Yeah. There's the scene that segues into the um, seance scene, which is also great. It's where George C. Scott's character, where John Russell is, and he's he's having a moment with Albert Harmon, played by Eric Christmas, who I love, dude. And uh, they're they're talking about it. And, and he's like, do you believe these? Do you think these people are for real? And he's like, well, we'll find it. And then, and then you cut into it. But the scene between them is so great. Eric Christmas is one of those actors who you've seen in a million movies. You never think about him until he shows up in another movie and you're like, oh, that fucking guy. Right. Always fucking solid. I mean, he was in Porky's. He's in Harold Maude. He's the priest. He plays the, he's the priest in Harold Maude. Um, he was in the Andromeda Strain. 
his last movie might have been Mouse Hunt. Yeah. But he's that kind of actor who shows up in these fucking movies mm-hmm. and immediately, dude, you never question that he is fucking, yeah, he is an expert. There's a moment, I wanted more of him, like, but I mean, I didn't, there was no place for him, but I, every, the scenes that he's in, I was like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. All this shit is great. Yeah. And, you know, it, but again, the movie, because it's so economical, they don't get tied up in those kind of characters because they really sort of, this movie moves along pretty quickly for it, you know, because the story's not that complicated to follow, but you're like, you start questioning it just like George C. Scott. So I think that's the one thing this movie does really well is it gives you, you're casting the same doubts. Although we talked on the like George C. Scott's character is some really incredibly stupid fucking things. In this he movie, does, which almost made me fucking want him to fucking fail. I want him to go to jail at some point. I want him to get arrested at the airport when he when he runs out. Of, Let me show. Like, dude, he's stealing evidence from the fucking uh, dude. Oh, we can't, I, I'm jumping ahead. That well thing. Oh, that whole fucking thing. Holy shit. The 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 well scene is fucking fantastic. I really I like that part a lot. It's. When you're talking about his about his character John Russell just doing some stupid shit, he does. He does some things you're like, uh, even if this is all bullshit, dude, you're gonna go to jail for what you just dude, did, right? He's like fucking like when he's when he's do you have any, you have any idea how this body got here? <laughs> Not really. He just laughs and like I mean, what, could you look any guiltier right now? I mean, <laughs> right? And the cop questions it. Right. And you, and it's not about him. Like no one's ever going to be like, oh, you murdered this kid no. there. It's, it's not that. It's like, dude, you're approaching a senator. Yeah. With it's a good way to get shot by the Secret Service. How he doesn't get shot is beyond me. A hundred percent. Talking about the data, the things that makes it dated too. him be able to just roll up at a on private a strip on a, on a runway. <laughs> Onto a private jet like that. Of a senator. Forget about the fact that he's a fucking politician, you know. And the most powerful man in the city that they're in. (laughs) My God, dude. It was just, I was like, oh God. Like, these are the kind of things you don't see when you're 10. No, (laughs) not at all. You you don't even think about that kind of shit, right, when you're a kid. No. They're just like, of course, he's he's, going to fucking get him, you know. You remember the drowning. You remember the seance. You remember the, the the end of the movie. You remember all these key moments, and that's why when they happen, the seance and the the climax where the house burnt and you know, lights up. Our experience of working in the in our jobs that we do and being on set quite a bit, we we see things as they're developing at the end during the climax. And the fire happens. Um, what did I say to you? And it prompted you. I, I said, this feels like a Universal Studios attraction. And yes. you nailed it. You fucking nailed it. You go, <laughs> and you said to me. It's the backdraft fucking, it, it, it's the backdraft attraction. Like we've, we've, everybody who's been to Universal Studios in the last 30 years and went through the backdraft thing, you've, st- you've stood on that piece of uh, floor that breaks away. And uh, there's the most, literally that's in the movie, The Changeling. It is. And the, the fire, the, the the dude, like it looks like someone ran lighter fluid all the way down the, the banister of the stair. I mean, and it's it, and they lit it, and they're like, okay, ready, <laughs> one, on going on three. I just, I'm just, we're just missing Scott Glenn's like yes. echoey voiceover <laughs> talking to you about the fire. 
Yeah, 100%. Or the, or the, uh, or Ronald giving his confession. I want him to burn shadow. You know, I mean, you, you, right. you know, you're getting all, you're just missing that from this. But again, uh, this is 20 years before Backdraft. So, hey, man, maybe Backdraft, maybe Ron Howard was a fan of this movie and said, hey, man, I want that moment. And when we build the, when we build it at Universal for, for people to go through on, let's do that moment because it's really great. Yeah. When the, when the jaws, when you're on the tram and the fucking guy in the rowboat gets fucking pulled underwater. It's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's we're and we're, I don't, here's the, I gotta say this now. It's not, you'll hear us laughing and kind of mocking moments in movies. This is my take on it anyway. This is how my feeling, but this isn't necessarily how you feel about it. This is good natured. We both yeah. enjoy the movie. It's, it's just, it's the aspect of this being 1980. Dude, it's a byproduct of everything we've seen in the last 40 years. It's yeah. what happens. It's like, yeah, of course, it's not as sophisticated as it was 40 years ago because it didn't have to be. Right. Because at the time, it was more sophisticated than the stuff that had come 40 years before it. Right. I recall when we when we did the ghost story, I even referenced the change thing. I said, yeah, and I, this part to remember when I said lots of movies that were telling these kinds of stories back then felt like elongated television shows Twilight or Zone. Tele- episodes of television. Yep. It felt like a like a like a feature film version of Kolchak. That's what it felt like. Yeah, like the totally. Night Stalker. It felt like it feels like that because there's nothing that's cinematic about it. Right. What, what's crazy is like when I just, when I said to you, do you know who Hans Holzer is? Because Hans Holzer, there's a there's a show on Discovery Plus called The Holzer Files, which I, I'm I, I watched recently. But Hans Holzer is the guy who he was he was the guy. He was the guy for the Amityville horror for people to make the, right. to make a long story short. That was one of his files. And in the movies based on his notes, I think his case files for Amityville or the right. novel that was written. I don't remember if he wrote the novel, I'm, I'm, but you can Google it. <laughs> but every case file of they have, they have the recordings of the seances, all that stuff from Holzer's, you know, 40 years, 50 years ago, 60 years ago at some points. Yeah. They have all the recordings of the seances. And a lot of what you hear on in those case files, dude, is exactly what's in this movie. And it, it's so weird. It, it This film almost plays, like you said, like a long television show. Which is what the ghost story play. That's the thing that means ghost story different. It's a wide... No, ghost story is a movie. It's a wide movie. And even though we both experience ghost story and changeling more times than not on a four by three tube television. We watch ghost story in the feet, you know, in the, in, re, in the recent past where we're now watching a DVD or a Blu-ray version and we're seeing it super wide and it feels cinematic. I'm watching this in the same way and it still feels like it's framed just for television. Yeah. And that's the Canadian aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, I watched it on Peacock. Same. Even though I got the brand new 4K, I, did, I, did, I just couldn't, I just didn't feel like opening up the cabinet and sticking the movie in. I was being super lazy about it. I, I wanted to do it before uh, to watch extras and stuff and see how other, because the, 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 the Blu-ray is, is full of um, not a whole lot of old school uh, behind the scenes because it just that wasn't done back then. But it's it's a lot of those film historians talking about yeah. the movie and things right. like that. And I, so I have I can't I can't lean on that stuff too much. So the Peacock transfer is fine. I don't, I, I don't I, but, yeah. but 
I mean, it sounds okay. It looks okay. It just feels like a television show. But right, it, it's not. It, it's not cinematic in the way the Ghost Story is cinematic. Right. It, right. It, it feels like I said. A lot of those films, those a lot of those early '80s horror films that came out of Canada, they all look very similar to this. Right. There's nothing that distinguishes the cinematography. I mean, it. This thing is atmospheric and moody as fuck in spots, and in other spots, it's it's not. But it but it is in a in a way that like that we just accept, I guess, because we've seen a lot of, you know, we grew up watching these, you know, these early eighties horror films and a lot of them were done in Canada. <laughs> there was a moment when I was there, there was a shot and they were just shooting. It was, it was like some B roll of like Canadian landscape, which was playing as Seattle, the Northwest. I was mm-hmm. reminded of a film called humongous. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh shit. Hum- humongous is another eighties Canadian hum- horror film. <laughs> and humongous is so fucked. It's just, it's as fucked as you. Uh, okay. Anybody here that's seen, again, in, in this audience, I'm pretty sure at least yeah, half of you it. has seen humongous. <laughs> the, the premise on how the, the. Oh, dude, that opening scene from humongous fuck. is fucking, <laughs> it, it's one of the, it's, again, I snuck into a movie theater when I was 12 years old. Trauma, and I saw, dude. I, I saw humongous was the open, was the first movie. <laughs> I saw humongous and the thing playing together oh speaking of (laughs) more dog movies right (laughs) good lord i guess is that how they is that how they decided to pair them together (laughs) that's the the connective tissue dogs 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 in both those movies uh yeah man or things don't end well for the dogs in both movies. But I, I was wondering, well. I was like, I gotta now I gotta watch Humongous and see. I felt like there was a moment where I was looking at some stock footage that they put maybe several Canadian productions at the time. <laughs> um, that, you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm just saying, again, not a knock, just an observation. And and I do really like this movie and I'm not shitting on it. It's just, you know, it's just, you see different things when you watch. I, I hadn't seen this movie. Fuck, I don't know since the late nineties, probably 99. I remember I bought right. the DVD when it became a thing because I was always a fan of the movie. And, uh, it was a point where I was, when, when DVDs, for, I, I was like, Oh, they're so cheap. I'll just buy fucking everything, you know? And I bought it and, uh, I lost it. It's, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> probably donated it at some point. I just, you know, in a mass, like get out of here kind of thing. Right. But it, it, the, the movie itself it's, it's definitely worth watching, especially if, you know, if you're, if you want to do ghost movies, man, it, it, you could do a lot worse than this. Yeah. Way worse. We might, and we might still, we, we might, we might, yeah, we, we might do worse. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, it's a safe bet. We will. Uh, uh, I'm sure you won't. I'm sure you're going to agree with me. There's a good, yeah. There's a pretty, there's a pretty there's, solid chance. It's going to a solid chance that something we're doing is going to suck. Uh, <laughs> 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 but but not this movie. This movie's good. I, I I would recommend this movie, especially if you have if you have Peacock or if even if you have Tubi, because this is a movie. If you were watching Tubi, I don't think that having commercial breaks would hurt this movie that much. No, not like not stir like not like stir of echoes, right? Because that feels authentic. Because right, like it feels like there's commercial breaks built into this movie, right? Because right. I, I want to like talk about it real quick. The, in '87, there was well, I shouldn't say Italy, but an Italian director, Liberto Bava, was had directed a movie called Until Death, and it was it was like an uh, it was like a it was made for TV, and it was marketed as a sequel to this when it came out on home video, and even though they had nothing to do with each other. I thought that was really funny after we're sitting there touting how much it feels like a TV movie because. Mm-hmm. Shit, there's somebody else. Let's make a TV movie out of it because it feels like a TV movie. Dude, it's weird because Stir of Echoes, the second Stir of Echoes was a TV movie, right? right. 
Like, is that going to become yeah. a thing in this, this month? Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Well, the, no, the third one is too recent for that to happen, do you think? Well, the, th- the third one feels like a TV movie, I swear to God. <laughs> third one, the third one is well, a I TV saw it, movie. I, yeah, it was, because I don't think anybody saw this. In it. If anybody see, when we get to movie three, it, I'd like people just to let us know how many of you may have seen this on a theater. I'm going to bet the number is zero. Not, not, not the changeling, obviously. Even if it was more current with the lead in her recognizing with the rec- with the recognition she has now, still, as opposed to back in 2014, so still a TV movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, I still don't feel like a movie like that is going to. Yeah, and I haven't even seen it yet. You have, and I, and and even just seeing what I've seen of it, I can't see that being coming across as anything other than a red box type of movie. Oh yeah, dude, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. It, that's where that fucker got stuffed before, they, right. you know, even before streaming took over, it was, yeah, this was a red box movie. A hundred percent. When you look at the cover, it's, or the one sheet that's on. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. But there's something else I want to talk about too. The score. Okay. If there's a standout for me on this. Yeah, dude, the, the score is great. Score fucking shreds. Every cue is so fucking good. It came out years ago by one of the small boutique CD labels. Uh, there's, this one's called Percepto. You've heard of all the other ones. The La La Land Records is the one I, I probably buy the most from. But they had a, a reissue of this back in 20, uh, 2001, and they only had like 1,000 copies of it released. And then they put out a, a deluxe, same again, Percepto put out a deluxe six years later that had a double CD for only 1,000 pieces. And they added what was it? Seven more cues. And, and it's not, doesn't sound like a lot, but when you have an alt version for the seance scene, which again, it's clear what we're talking about is our favorite moment of the show. And it's again, a seven, seven minute cue. That's the whole fucking scene There's So there's a note throughout every moment of the seance scene. That's fucking huge. Um, unfortunately, it's long sold out because <laughs> they didn't have a lot of them. And I, and I checked, it's not on any of the streaming services, which is a drag. But um, I've, I have a coworker who is collects all this shit. And if he doesn't have a copy of it, I'd be very surprised. But, but he, again, he loves this kind of stuff. And again, Rick Wilkins' cues are really good. And they need to be. You can't have a movie about a composer and have shitty music. So. Well, no, not at all. I mean, what, what, what this movie does really well is like uh, also the music box theme. Fuck, oh, fuck yes, dude. That thing fucking, it, it, I'm still hearing it in my head. And I watched this fucker, I watched the movie yesterday. And I'm still hearing that music box theme. And I had forgotten how integral that was to the movie until I was, I was like, oh, fuck. Right. I mean, this movie does a lot of things, right? Another thing I want to say, uh, the sound design in this movie is fucking fantastic, dude. That ball. Yeah. Dude, how iconic is that fucking bouncing ball? Totally. As much as the wheelchair. And when he takes it and throws it, the, when he takes it and throws it in the river, and then the yeah. motherfucker comes back down the stairs, I'm like, oh, fuck. That's when I get out. That's when I just leave. See ya. I'm packing my bags. I'm getting the fuck out. <laughs> I don't right. need any more bullshit. This, speaking of Amityville horror, I'm like, this is, like mm. why are you fucking still there? Yeah. Amityville, uh, here's the exception to Amityville. They bought that house and lived there. Jersey Scott's living there. No, he's renting it. the place. And, and the school's paying for it. So I don't. So yeah. I don't he could have left anytime he wanted to. He could have just went but to the again, school and said, hey, that house is fucking haunted. And I want another place to live. But again, John Russell 
dumb movie moves. That's what he does. Dude, like super dumb (laughs) movie moves. I mean, again, let's go back to the well thing real quick. Right. Mm. So there's the whole lead up to it. Like there, I like the little investigative work, how they, you know, heard they're, they're talking and they're looking at the the landscape of, I mean, it's dude, that whole part of the thing is cool. And what I like is they don't make a meal about why, why he killed the kid, this, that, they, they don't, they, they connect all the pieces very neatly. You, you're shown this giant property that the family owned because they, of the the money, the inheritance, and da da da. Right. And we see the well, and this is where. And he and he's he goes to the guy, and he, he's like, "And the well is still here. It's been so." He goes like, "Hmm." Mm-hmm. <laughs> just yeah. it's just like, well, why do you ask? Oh, no reason. <laughs> just yeah, curious. And <laughs> yeah, and it's not really. We've seen it, but I and I and I never felt it was a foreshadowed moment or no. a forced moment. It just it's acceptable. You just kind of go, okay, sure. But dude, when they get to this point where they're cutting the floorboards out of that woman's bedroom and Mm -hmm. she's like, just looking at it, you know, and, uh, but that's a pretty impressive build like that. And one of the things I want to talk about the camera work. Okay. There are a couple things that this does cool. I mean, it's not theatrical. It's not, it's not, you know, it's never going to be ghost story. It's not super cinematic, but what this does and I feel like the, one of the ways it does sort of create the tension is there are a lot of camera angles that look like security camera. Right. Like you're watching, it's the ghost's POV, obviously. Right. And it's up high and it's at odd angles. It feels like you're looking at security footage from right. something, right? But that, sh- that overhead shot when they're digging and you're up in, in your, your, so you're seeing the bedroom and then you're, you're looking at the floor where they've cut the hole in the rafter. And then, then you're seeing the stone walls of the well. That's, that, that's a pretty spectacular build and a, and a great use of the camera. A nice shot. Right. It's funny how a moment like that, how different it would be done now. Oh yeah. The camera would come cr- fucking crashing down into and, and landing on the hand, you know, it would, they would just make a fucking meal of it where they don't need to. Right. Who was the actress that played the woman that at um at the house that they go to where the well has been where the whose house has been built on top of the well? Oh, is that that's Francis that's Francis Highland, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's great. She's so great because she's kind of like, well, fuck, <laughs> you got to do it, <laughs> dude. She is in Happy Birthday to Me. <laughs> Speaking of That's Canadian right. horror films, yeah, she plays Mrs. Patterson That's in, right. uh, in Happy in Happy Birthday to May. But if you look up, if you go to Francis Highland's page, dude, the the pictures at the top literally show the shot I'm talking about right now. I'm looking, I'm looking at the well scene right now. It's on the header above her, right above her picture. Oh, on, oh, on IMDb. Yeah, on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> totally, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Now they, you know, there's a whole, they'd have to go down, they'd have to explore it, you know, it'd be a bunch of shitty visual effects when this is so much more effective. Right. It's showing off the design, it's showing off the, you know, we don't need all that other bullshit. The, the way they discover the hand is the way they discover him digging with the shovel, unearthing it with his hands. Right. I think one of the reasons too, I want to kind of go back, since we're talking about cinematography, the reason why it feels framed four by three for, for frame for television. Cause it was that uh, we talked about things being framed for DVD. These are being framed for television. Cause we are thinking about v- DVD sales. VHS. This fit, it's being, it's being folded for, for network television sales. It's been folded for home box office or right. that showtime. What was showtime called before showtime? It was, oh, called, shit. Uh, it was movie. It was, officially it was the movie channel before it became showtime or it before was. showtime got gobbled up. Right. So and I want to point out something on Francis Highland's page. He's, it's just all, 
it's all pictures from this scene. There's a whole bunch of stuff with all with a bunch of performers. Look at the look at the aspect ratio on everything. It's squished. Yeah, even there, you can tell it's like one eight five, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So you, you, when you got to fit all those people in one shot, <laughs> right? Yeah. The movie has again, it's it's dated through some of its techniques. It's not, not just dated in the way. Um, some movies can where you just go, oh, that does that's not like that. Why is he picking up his cell phone? Why is he doing? Why is he at a? Why right. is he? Why is he in a phone booth? What's he doing? You know, it, it's not that kind of dated. It's just it's a dated style telling stories. What's great about it, though is, dude, across the board, all the performances are good. Oh like, yeah, all, the, all like like I said, Eric Christmas, Francis Highland, they're they're just they're in it. They're in it enough to like pull the story along. Uh, the guy that plays the police detective. Uh, John Cullicus. I don't know if I'm saying his name right, but he's yeah, I never knew, but yeah, he, and he's a baddie from Balsar Galactica TV yes, show. Not correct. Not the, not the, the newer the, one, the original, but the right. He's Count Baltor yeah. from the original Balsar Galactica. When I saw him, I was like, holy shit, I totally forgot he was in this movie. Same. But he's great. And dude, that whole scene with them when, and I love everything that's going on with him. Like he's, you know, he's there to enforce the whole like, you're not going to do this. You know, it's the big town secret, right? right? It also, so it also has a kind of like, I feel like Stephen King borrowed this in every fucking Stephen King story there is, right? There's like right. the town secret, you know, and that scene where he, up until the moment he leaves, George C. Scott's like, basically like, fuck off. Yeah. Come back. I'll still be here. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> basically. Right. right. He tells him <laughs> that he leaves and then immediately he's killed by the fucking ghost. Oh, did I just spoil it for everybody? We talked earlier about how we don't see everything because you don't need to. Yes. We just find, we, next time we see him, he's just, right. fucking, his car's overturned. He's bloodied. His eyes are like shocked. Like, like it's almost like he didn't just die. No. He saw, he, he could tell by looking at his face, he saw something. Yes. That's the only time it leaves the house, the, the entity. Probably left the house to go with that ball out of the river. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have bet, by the way, before I'd seen the movie again, I would have bet money that that the ball had water on it, but it doesn't. I thought that would have, yeah. Right, it doesn't, but it's it's uh, it's funny. Right, like the way that they shot this is Scott looking in the mirror. The mirror explodes, and then the next thing you know, the, and he's got the glass in his neck and shit, and, yeah. you know, and we're seeing Calico's dead, and he's lying there. The car's upside down. There's a big fucking hole in the windshield. His eyes are missing, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Right. right, they didn't show you the whole thing, and it's like, what's crazy is um, in a movie now, the, the the next thing we'd see is more cops there, and they'd be fucking right. sweating George C. Scott like you know, like he killed him, <laughs> but right. they didn't because right. I feel like the whole fucking town knows about this fucking ghost, and they know right. why. And, and like I felt everybody was, it's the big secret, and I kind of thought it was cool that like there, you know, nobody wants it. To, it's the thing nobody talks about because everybody knows about it. Right. Right. The other thing, not only does George C. Scott do some dumb shit, right. but the, maybe the dumbest shit ever is that Joseph's father, right? The dumbest thing, he did the dumbest thing in the movie. He left that fucking chain on the kid. He buried him in the well. Yeah. What the fuck, but, dude? <laughs> okay, that's the, okay, that's what's funny, too, about when, when Melvin Douglas has this moment and he's showing him, he's showing him his baptism, uh, his necklace and pendant. Like, and he's like, well, what the fuck? What, the, what am I wearing then? Right. And I'm like, well, you were six. How do you not remember any of this shit? You're not that fucking old. <laughs> right. You, you were adopted. Yeah. 
Like you, like you didn't know that, dude. Come on. Well, again, it's so, it's one of those things, right? You, do you just push that shit out of your mind? It's, it's the secret that you know. Like, who knows? Like, he's the, my father was a great man, and and he's going on the whole thing, and it's like, right. And you know, he could be because because he became what yes. the embodiment of his father. He was ready to write the guy. Hey, I'm ready to write you a check to go away. Yes, he became his father, dude. And the best the best line is fucking when. Uh, when John says to him, and that changeling was you. It was yeah. you. <laughs> I like when George fucking just like barks out that, like he gets that growl. He's like, oh. I, when it, before I'd seen the movie, when I, the first time I saw the movie when I was a kid, I, to me, the, I didn't know what the changeling meant. I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know. Nope. And then once it, and then they explained in the movie without being super heavy handed about it, you know, I'm like, oh, I get it. I You're get the changeling. It yeah. yeah, dude, and it's 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 all in that one line. It's all in that fucking line, and it's a thing. I, it's a thing that I love when they do in movies when they say the title of the movie in right. the movie. <laughs> they did the thing. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, I am that person, and I like literally fucking went yes. I fucking like. I, I almost applauded when it happened. I swear, if I would have been in the theater, I saw this. I would have been like, "Do he said it?" Yes, I mean, it's, but I didn't uh, react the same way when I saw Ghostbusters. Why is that? I don't know. Well, it's because that's what, you know, because they're, they're the Ghostbusters. I mean, it's because they say it a hundred times in the movie because they, they call them because they call themselves a Ghostbusters. It's like when, it's like when they call the school Top Gun and Top Gun. I don't really, you know, <laughs> it, that's a cheat to me. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not worked into the script cleverly. It's just no. like. If a movie title could be exposition. Yes. <laughs> Expositional Correct. movie title. Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters, what do you want? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Although that's a pretty fantastic way to say it. Like if <laughs> no, right. Come on. When we were when we were kids, like there's like there's no way I mean that changeling line, that's a great line. It really yeah, is. It totally. Is. And he's dude, it's it's like he's fucking he's literally sticking him with the fucking like if if words were fucking weapons, I mean he just fucking it was like a death stroke. Yeah. Yeah, there's here's there's one thing. You can sit there and say John Russell does dumb shit, but he's fearless in a way he probably shouldn't be. No, 100%, dude. He's yeah. and he's doing what's right. Like it's weird because yeah, and I also like the fact that we they're not over explaining it. He's not trying to right the wrong of his wife and kid. He's not doing any of that. He's just no. He just wants the fucking truth. Right. I do really dig the part about I like the misdirection that they do where they're, they're alluding to the fact that he's being reached because he's, because oh, yeah. of his, and, I, and it has nothing to fucking do with it. Nothing <laughs> at all. Yeah. No, that's what's great about it. But when he, when he gets all pissed off when he, when nothing's been solved and he's, John's just yelling at Joseph, hey, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? I, I, what else do you want me to do? I did this thing. And then, and then, and then all this shit starts happening. Like just starts elevating. I'm like, all right, dude, look, you had a chance to get the fuck out when you heard that it, tape. I don't know why you didn't. I don't, you know. Right. It really, watching this really makes me want to watch The Entity. Yeah. Speaking of Canadian ghost story movies with crazy, you know, violent fucking spirits. Uh, we're going to have to look at, yeah, we're going to look at September for next year because unfortunately it, it would have been on the list, but it's a, it, it, it was uh, when we first talked about it a couple of months ago, but what happened? 
uh, it's difficult to come by. It, yeah, it is. I mean, you, you know, it, you, unless you have the Blu-ray, but I mean, it was it was streaming on a few places, then then it wasn't streaming. So. It was on Max since the day HBO Max started. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and then just when poof, when we were like, all right, we can watch this, and then you're like, well, no, it hits like August first. You're like, we gotta pick something different. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to pair this up with another movie, I'm going to say Ghost Story because it allows you to see two movies that from two consecutive years that tell two ghost stories that are vastly different and they're effective in their own way, but not you, you see when when you win a certain hand as being um, gui- guiding a production and. Right. Well, what's funny is you you see the, you see the similarities, but you also see the differences. They're not they're right. not the same movie. It's funny no. because I, in my mind, in my you know, if I, if I was to, to pair them, because I I would, I'd be like, oh yeah, if I had to put, I'd, I'd put these two movies together. But right. the thing is, is they're 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 similar in certain ways, but they're not enough alike where you'd be like, oh, I'm watching the same fucking movie. Right. It's it's just like two sides of a different coin. You just sort of see you see the difference between. What Universal, I think, was the, I think it was Universal that did Ghost Story, right? Like you see like what a big Hollywood production is like as opposed to the first big Canadian production, you know, from non-Hollywood, I guess is what I'm saying. And, and this movie is a little rough around the edges and, it, and it, it definitely shows its, you know, shows its age in a way that Ghost Story doesn't. But that doesn't mean it's not enjoyable and it's not cool to watch. Right. It's a great pairing because they do have, they're both guided by two malevolent spirits. They're not, they, they, they got two uh, ghosts that don't give a fuck. They, oh, yeah. they're, 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 there is a, they don't have an exact revenge. They have, they're just, they cast a wide net for who they're going after because they don't care. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're both super solid movies in that regard. Um, they're good pairing. Again, it, you'll find, you'll find beautiful filmmaking with one and one that just, was a product of its time, and uh, it's a it's a good pairing to see that because you, you, you in a lot of ways pairing them together, you appreciate the changeling more because movies horror movies back then, man, ghost movies weren't given the same kind of uh, opportunities to flex a storytelling muscle like Ghost Story did, and no. in where you're allowed to tell a story that's very cinematic, something you would have seen where back when the Universal days, where the brothers would have been like. Yeah, this is our bread and butter. Let's let's give our full attention to this movie, and that's it. Shows Changeling is solid again. It's streaming on Tubi and on Peacock right now, both yep. the free version of Peacock and the paid one. And uh, yeah, the, the, if you watch it on Peacock, I, I would almost like if you, if you don't have an account uh, or don't don't even bother with your trial. I, and I think you're right. I think Tubi and, and get that Tubi experience or that Pluto experience or that Freebie experience and. Enjoy the commercials because it does give you a moment to kind of catch your breath in the same way you would have you watched this movie when it played on NBC one night back exactly. in 81, 82. Yeah. So. This is not the kind of, yeah, like this, this movie won't be hurt by little commercial breakups no. and, uh, you know, actually might, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say it makes the movie better, but it, it definitely isn't, it doesn't interrupt anything that you're like, what the fuck dude, you know? Right. Because this is, it, this is a, this is a very slow burn. The movie doesn't drag, but it is a slow burn, um, right. you know, for the payoff, which is fine because, right. you know, that's what movies, you know, all movies don't have to be edited within, you know, to make you feel like you're going to have a fucking stroke or a seizure <laughs> from, <laughs> you know, blinking your eyes trying to figure right. out what's going on. I want to say one more thing about, you mentioned Dern Stir about how 
that movie doesn't feel as timeless, but you made a reference to 82's Poltergeist. I wanted to like have to, or just the thought, there's no way, right? Them using the tennis ball. Yeah, no, dude, there's, there's no way that they didn't fucking take that from Changeling. Yeah. No way at all. Whether it was Spielberg in his script or Toby on set, whoever it was, uh, it's it's definitely a, a, an homage and a nod to it, not a, oh. so much a, a knock. Yeah, otherwise they would have used a different ball because you spot, oh, fuck me. Is there a ball like that in the kids' room by the clown? Yeah. Holy shit, there is, huh? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> this movie was a hit in 1980. And, and dude, right. I'm going to say like all these, you know, all the ghost story movies that came, you know, forward, like Poltergeist and The Entity, they all borrow. Again, right. George C. Scott, you know, is an Oscar winning actor who was, God, dude, what's weird is like, I want to say this. He was 53. <laughs> right. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, good Lord, dude. <laughs> yeah. But look, the guy lived hard, man. Yeah. But yeah, they do. The tennis ball, all those those things, um, yeah, that came out of Poltergeist. I mean, yeah. Poltergeist literally, you know, I'm not saying they ripped it off. They just, you know, they're like that yeah. this little nod and a wink, if you will. The ball thing in there, I almost said ball gag. Ball gag. <laughs> the ball moment when they're transferring between two worlds, that feels very um, tied to, the, to this. Yeah. But I think maybe the ball in the kids' room was that you don't does have nothing to do with it. The colored ball that looks a lot like the looks like a lot like uh, Joseph's ball in this. It's cool. By the way, Joey <laughs> Joey came downstairs just kind of peeking in because you know you know kids are today. All this cringy old movie, right? Sometimes, right? So he goes and I go, hey dude, step out of here, man. The dead kid's name's Joseph. I kind of gave him a, <laughs> a little bit of a shot, and he said, so was the kid in a wheelchair, Dad? I go, yeah, and he's like, so what was why does he have a ball? <laughs> Are you implying because he's in a wheelchair he can't play with the ball? Yeah, well, yeah but who's going to fetch the ball for him when he throws it? I'm like, buddy. <laughs> Come he's on. He's a ghost. <laughs> oh, shit. His dad Man. murdered him in a bathtub, Joey. <laughs> Dude, I wonder if it wasn't Peacock, I would have like jumped to the beginning and like watch the beginning of this movie. You tell me what you think of it. Let me show you something. So yeah, it's, this is, I mean, it's, it's definitely one that I, we talked about better, remember to remember better. It's definitely, it's a, uh, we remember it as a better movie, but I think it's just, again, a product of its time. And when you know that going into it, it's a lot easier. And I wish I would have, I wish I'd seen it at least one other time before in between the two times that I saw it for this. I, I think, I feel like I would have been a little more, um, would have been less on. Yeah. What, what I'm going to say is I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it just as much as I did the, as the last time I saw it, but for different reasons, like, and also just sort of your appreciation for things. And some of the things that, you know, you might think are a shortcoming aren't really shortcomings. Like again, no. you know, it's not over, over, you know, it's not over inundated with story points and shit that you don't need. And it's also not, you know, they don't treat the audience like they're so stupid. They have to spell everything out for you. It's, which is a thing I really appreciated in this movie. They, it's just the facts, ma'am. It's dragnet. It's fucking Jack Webb. Just the facts, ma'am. And that's what right. you're getting in the movie. Right. It, it's better for it. Like there's not, a, they don't try to trick you. They don't, they, you know, there's never any moment where you're like, Oh, we got you. <laughs> there's none of that bullshit. It's pretty straightforward. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the shit out of it. Like, like I said, um, 
it show it's 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 like a shaggy dog, right? You know, it shows its it shows its worn spots, and you know, it kind of smells a little bit <laughs> when it lays on the rug too long. But you know, right. if you give it a bath, or you know, you watch it with the lights on, it's fine. Um, yeah, but again, <laughs> um, I enjoyed it, man. I, it was it was a good rewatch. I, I'll just say this: if I had to pick between this and Ghost Story, I would watch Ghost Story. But if I had oh, to pick yeah. between this and a lot of other things, I'd pick this. Yeah, I would watch this. Before I would watch Poltergeist again. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. It's a solid movie all around. And if you've never seen it before, dive in, man. It's Yeah, like just take the plunge. You won't be sorry for it. Again, there, it has, there's something about this movie that works into the sub-levels of your brain. <laughs> like I said, right. that music box theme, dude, I'm still hearing it in my head from that was yesterday. Right. And I hadn't heard it in 20 years. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty great, man. It's it's pretty great. I, I wish it was something more readily available because I, I find it pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, Tubi free, Peacock free, with commercials or without. You know, you could do worse. Yep. And it's uh, <laughs> it's spooky season's coming up, man. September. September. Check it out. Mm-hmm. There you go. So if you want to follow our show on the Twitters. Or X or whatever we're going to... You're still calling it that, I guess, right? <laughs> At Karate Pod there. Karate and on Insta and on Letterboxd. You can follow Corey on Letterboxd and Corey underscore Culp and on Insta at Culprit97. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Rock and Roll 33 on your Instagram. Or you can follow me at John Russell on Letterboxd. That's John Piano Player Russell <laughs> at Letterboxd. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> <laughs>